Good evening and welcome to the talk on BWE Empowerment Radio tonight. We are so pleased that you are joining us tonight there on social media. Uh, we just feel free to join in with us and share your comments. You can also call in this evening and join the discussion. That number will be up on the screen. I'm one of your hosts for tonight, Marcia Boynton, and we have a newcomer on tonight with us, and we're just so pleased that she's going to be joining us. We are delighted that you are sharing this time with us. Please share your comments with us. But before we get started, we want to just welcome you and and just encourage you to call in and to share your comments and as we begin tonight, I want to introduce you to each and every one of our speakers. We have with us Quina, who will be uh, sharing a little information about herself, and then Jessica, who's a newcomer with us tonight. God, God bless her. And, of course, our very own CEO and founder, uh, Jacqueline Renee King. So, Quina, if you'd like to uh, just share a little information about yourself before we begin tonight. Hi, hi, everyone. I uh, hope everyone is doing well and having a great, blessed God day. And thank you so much, Ms. Marcia. Uh, I am Queena Clyburn, owner and operator of Nation's Hair Care Center, as well as um, the CEO and founder of Still Standing Against MS Organization. And I'm so glad to be here with you all. Wow. All right. We are so glad to have Queena with us. And next is a newcomer for tonight. This is her first night broadcasting with us, but she is not not a novice at all. We are so delighted to have her with us. Jessica, would you kindly just share a few remarks with our listeners so that they can get to know who you are, please? Awesome, yes. I am super excited to be here. My name is Dr. Jessica Houston, and I am the founder of ExpectingVictory.com. I'm also newly appointed as the Director of Operations for BWE. And then also I own a personal development and business development training company. So I'm just excited to join such an awesome team of women. Wow, that that is outstanding. And we are just so grateful to both of you ladies for for joining us tonight, and Dr. Dr. Je- uh, Jessica, for joining us. God bless you. And, of course, if she's ready, our very own CEO and founder, you all know who she is, our, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. Jackie, can you share a few words with our listeners before we begin? Yes, we are so glad that you tuned in tonight. We have some great topics, and we want you to get involved and, and go ahead and call in and and. And join the conversation. That number is 714-583-6852. We want to hear your thoughts on on, uh, everything that we're going to be talking about, and we welcome you to BWE The Talk. I'm ready. All righty. Well, let's get started. Uh, we have several several interesting topics that we're going to be talking about tonight, as J- Jackie King said, and we're going to start off, ladies, uh, with this topic, something that's that's in the news today, uh, there was an exchange between Fox News' uh, Bill O'Reilly and Maxine Waters, uh, who is a distinguished uh, politician from the state of California. And what occurred was that uh, Ms. Maxine Waters was addressing something in the Trump administration, and Bill O'Reilly said that he could not focus on what she said because he was distracted, and I'm quoting, this is in the Huffington Post today, he was distracted by the James Brown wig on her head. 
there also was an exchange between uh, White House correspondent April Ryan and White House press secretary Sean Spicer, who, and I'm quoting from the paper, the Huffington Post scolded Ms. Ryan, telling her to stop shaking her head. It was broadcast live in a room full of journalists and, and other persons. So as a result of this, uh, African-American women went on Twitter to share, and I'm quoting, the BS that they put up with at work every day. Uh, this happens uh, often uh, with black women. And there were several tweets that were posted. And I want to just go around the table here tonight, and we'll start off with Queena. And uh, first, Queena, just your reaction to, to this remark, since you're a hairdresser, you own a salon, your reaction to the remark of, of um, Bill O'Reilly and then the experiences that African-American women face in the workplace. So we'll start with Queena tonight. Oh, my goodness. My first reaction was, I can't believe he said that. Um, and it's amazing to me that he would say her James Brown wig, because I've always liked James Brown hair. So, <laughs> And that's just me personally. Um, but for him to be able to say that, um, that just tells me that he said things like that before. Um, but, you know, sometimes we, when we say things, we become accustomed to saying them uh, around the water cooler or in back offices. Um, but for him to say something like that lets me know that he said thing, things similar to that before. Now, from a hairstylist perspective, um, you know, I'm always playing the devil's advocate. I often, when I'm doing women's hair or I'm preparing them for styles or for certain things, I always make sure I ask them, what is their occupation? What is their job? Um, because, of course, we know that there is discrimination everywhere. Is it right? No. But do I think sometimes we should take that into consideration in the jobs we do and, and things like that? So I'll play off of that. And I know that I have um, – experience many clients come in I've had clients in tears to actually come in angry you know because their boss either said something to them or they were uncomfortable but I will say recently here lately with the natural um, trend that's going on with um, the natural hair and people going back to natural hair that it's become more acceptable but I will say that women who have worn their hair naturally or things like that have found with count more challenges. Um, as far as the wig goes and, you know, the wig comment, uh, we've been wearing it extensions for a long time, but I will say that our Caucasian brothers and sisters um, have been wearing them twice as long as we have. Um, so for, for him to come at her in that way, I think it's really rude. It was harsh. Um, I, it may have been a personal blow. Um, he may have said, she, you know, she may have said something to kind of take him there or, you know, just trying to kind of jab at her. But uh, I really think it's sad that we are judged on that level. But I deal with it, unfortunately, a lot of times because I have a lot of professional clients. So that's my point of view on it. Okay. Well, well said. Um, and then Dr. Jessica, I'd like to get your comments on that. Yeah, so I think we have just had an ongoing battle just related to to African American women or black women and hair and you know, does it affect their job? You know, when you're going on an interview, unfortunately they are looking they are looking at our appearance and we should have the freedom to to wear our natural hair. 
but mm-hmm. I, I have even seen looks when I was actually working in in the the education sector and even in the corporate sector where they just don't quite get it. They ask questions and, you know, can I cut your hair? You know, I even just me out at a restaurant, I, I, I literally had um, a Caucasian woman to ask me if, if it was my real hair and could she touch it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I think uh, a lot of it is I just think they, first of all, don't even understand um, they don't understand our culture, but as far as his comments, I believe that I believe that it was intentional because a lot of times people will say things and then they'll come back and apologize, like he issued an apology, right. but that doesn't take away what you said. You know, you have to think about what you say before you actually say it, and I just wonder. You know, what type of backlash would happen if an African-American man made a a negative comment about a Caucasian woman? And so I think we just Mm -hmm. have to be mindful. It doesn't really matter what race you are of what you say, especially when you have a position where what you say is going to be monitored. Wow. Yeah. Yes, that's an excellent point. Well, for me, um, well, I just recently um, started going natural myself, and and even some of my family members were not receptive to it. So I can can imagine, you know, how the outside would be looking at it because I've I've had – I've done weaves and I've had my hair permed since as long as I can remember, but – I think that that is absolutely not the right place. If you if you have that opinion, not to do that, I think it's disrespectful and I think it's rude. Uh, we don't tell other um, ethnicities how to how they should wear their hair. If uh, if if they you know because of their culture they have to wear whatever. No one is is dictating to anyone else. So I don't think that we should be dictated as to how we wear our hair. I think that. This is my opinion. Corporate needs to get over it. They need to get over it and accept, accept us for, for the work that we do based on the, 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 the good performance or the job has nothing to do with your hair. That's I think that's um, how it should be. Um, we're, we're a far cry from that right now, but that is, that's my opinion. I think that, that uh, you know, at, um, Natural hair is not going away. More women are probably going to be doing it just because of, of the healthiness of it. I know um, yes. Dr. Dr. Melanie Macklin, who is a part of BWE, and she actually was in the movie uh, Good Hair, and we've interviewed her several times. She um, she did an article. She did some research on chemicals, on your um, putting chemicals in your children's hair before the age of 13, and it cause it can cause them not to be able to have children. Your girls, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that. She did the research on it, yeah. and she yeah, said um, she said straight hair or grandchildren, and then now that's a <laughs> that's oh. a message for you. But but the reality. All those chemicals are not that they're not good. It's great for you, so you know. But anyway, that's that's my that's my two cents. Okay. 
Well, I, I would just uh, agree with, with all of the remarks that have been made. Queen, I like the remark you said that they've been wearing, Caucasian people have been wearing wigs um, longer than we have. And you remember the pictures of, of the presidents and, you know, the politicians, yes. you know, back in the day with the, the white, you know, big curly wigs. And uh, I, I also agree that I think that th- there's a comfort level, you know, with the remarks today that, you know, people can just say anything. And we we just recently had a man in New York who came and said he was looking for a black man to kill, and he, he did kill a man with a, a sword, and he was he gave himself in. He turned himself in, rather. But I think there's just a, a, a almost a, a devious, just a devilish comfort level with the remarks that people are making towards blacks and immigrants and, you know, and non-whites and, it's just becoming too commonplace that it, uh, you know I, I I fear that we are not shocked anymore that if it happens you know we can just say kind of oh well you know um, uh, I think it's just just really devilish that the attitude and the culture that that this country is coming to today where this happens and you know it, Maxine Waters is a distinguished politician. You know she's she's earned her her way along to where she is today, and to have someone make this remark towards her in a you know subliminal kind of jab at her, and you know oh well, what is anybody going to say? I, I just think I'm I'm grateful for BWE Jackie and for all for Jessica, Dr. Jessica and um, Queena because we embrace women here, and it's always positive and encouraging, and it's a sisterhood yeah. and to lift up one another. And, you know, we don't really know who we're helping when we put those posts out there and when we have the prayer and when we have the speakers who come and, and share and give their words of encouragement. So it's really refreshing to have um, this platform to be able to help and minister to other women. And I'm grateful, so grateful for it. Um, so that is that's my feedback on that topic. Anybody else have anything else to say, or can we move on to the next topic? I just wanted um, to say I, I, something really quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just wanted to say as far as, um, like you were saying, the comfortability of being able to say things, I believe, unfortunately, with reality TV that's not reality um, and yeah. things like that, we have grown to become a culture that actually feeds off of that. And and that's culturally across the board, whether you are black, white, you know, Hispanic, uh, you know, from here or from, you know, God knows where, there is a level of acceptancy of foolery, um, what the Bible, you know, talks about that in the last days it become, you know, what men will become, lovers of themselves. They will come self-seeking and, you know, have itchy ears and desire all of those things that are not of God, and there will be a great falling away. And to me, this is just an example of it because we've become desensitized unfortunately, to the things that happen in the workplace, that happen to people that we know. Because what happens is we say, well, I don't know them, or that's not my sister, or that's not my mom, or that's not my whatever. So there's a disconnect because, you know, to me, in some point of – you know, from all the TV and everything is so easily accessible with, you know, with um, watching – 
TV and, and the young lady that was assaulted actually on live Facebook. And all these people watched and nobody did anything. You know, we've become desensitized. We have to do something that brings us back to the connection with people and relationships. So I think that has a lot to do with our hair as women. We, 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 when we do our hair, we do it to according to how we feel and what, it, right. you know, what we feel like that day or what, you know, it's an emotional attachment to us. It's more than just our hair. Um, it is mm. who we are. So that's what I wanted to do as far as that. Okay. Uh, we want to say good evening to all of you who are on, who are there on Facebook Live. Uh, good evening, Cheryl and Sheila and B and Java. Good evening to you. Thank you for your comments there and for sharing your video, sharing the video, Patricia Jackson and Kishana and Cynthia. Good evening to all of you. Please feel free to call in. The number is right there on the screen: seven one four five eight three six eight five two. If you'd like to share your comments and join this discussion live with us on the air. Um, but, uh, Jackie, unless you have anything else, I can move on to the next topic. Um, I, I just want to I wanna um, throw a quick topic out there, quick about okay. dating for the single women. Um, I, I know that I noticed that there's a lot of, uh, well, there has been, and, and actually I want to ask doc, uh, Dr. Jessica to start off with to talk about it because you live in the ATL. Um, uh, 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 <laughs> there, there's a lot of a lot of this download stuff going down. Does it make you fearful about getting into new relationships? Oh wow! Well, thank goodness. Yeah. I'm married. <laughs> What's that? I said, thank goodness I'm married, but there right. is a lot in this area. Actually, a lot of. Uh, I want to use the right terminology, but a lot of individuals who uh, they call the alternate lifestyle, who live the alternate lifestyle, actually are drawn to Atlanta, and um, and it's not just those who are, as you you stated, that who you know they say I like men, but there are those who are married that like men. There are those who are in relationships with women who like men, and I think. That is the part that really uh, frustrates me. It actually disgusts me because they are putting someone else's life at risk. And, um, you know, there are women who have no idea that, you know, the guy that they are dating actually likes men. And so I have been in contact with women who have actually found out that their mate um, was on the down low, and I, I don't even know what that is like. I could only imagine how heartbreaking that would be to have that experience. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a great a great point to, to bring out there. And then also, what about women who know that this guy was uh, previously involved with a, a, a man, and then he's saying, hey, I'm changed. You know, I would love to hear your feedback on that, ladies. Would you believe that, okay, he's changed, or would you say, mm, I don't know? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you what, what what made me bring this up. I, I've been watching Greenleaf. I didn't watch it. Um, everybody was saying it was so good, and I, I actually just sat down and watched the whole, the whole, all, the whole season from last year. And I, I was like, when that the, the brother... So I don't know if you got, well, I'm sure a lot of people watch it, but the brother 
you know, told his wife he wasn't sure about his sexuality, man. She was she was pregnant. I'm like, oh, this is this is like way, way, way heavy <laughs> here. It happens. Uh, I'm sure that it does. And I don't, I mean, I just, I don't know how I would handle it. But I think that a lot of a lot of um, women have 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 stopped even even trying, especially older women, even trying to date because you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't. You don't. And yeah. a lot of guys. The other thing is, you know, they you're thinking, okay, maybe he's cheating with a woman, but a lot of times you have these guys who just love to hang out with guys. They just, you know, always with the boys, and sometimes even they are down low. And so the woman mm-hmm. is thinking, oh, he's just out with the boys, but that's not really what's happening. I actually saw uh, Iyanla's show. I don't know if you all caught this, and it's it's aired a while back, but she had there were like three different ministers who were living the alternative lifestyle, and one was married. Um and that was just, I mean, and they just thought they didn't, they were worried about their reputation. So one of them who he was, he got married and had kids and all that. He did it only because he didn't want people to know, but he really mm-hmm. didn't even want a woman. And so mm-hmm. some right. are just dating women only because they want to cover up their real identity of what they like. And that's pretty pretty widespread in the church. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I know Queen is married. Marcia, what do you think? Um, well, I, I'll share from. Okay, this is what what I think. Like years ago, I, I used to work in the cosmetics industry, and I worked around a lot of gay men. Um, but it, you know, I have respect to a. Deg- I have a degree of respect for a gay man who is gay. If he's just out with it, I would rather a man just if if that's what he is and that's who he is, and that's what he believes that God made him to be, then then be that, be out with it. But my problem has always been with the men who you know are on the down low, who you don't know if if that's uh, you know what who they are. But it, at least for that man who's gay, who's out, and he might be flamboyant and you know, dress and drag and whatever it is that he does, at least he's out with it. And you can see that, you know, it, it's visible to the naked eye. Even with some, sometimes with, with any, with sin, not that, uh, with any, with a sin, we can hide our sin and cover it up. And you may not know, you know, what my struggle is, whatever it is for me. Um, but at least that gay man who is gay, he's out with it. And he's not going to be on a down low. He's not going to, you know, cheat on his wife or get married and still be gay. But but if a man is on a down low and he and that's his struggle, then like you said, Dr. Jessica, don't drag a woman into that. You know, don't put my life in danger, you know, until you decide what you're sure, what you want to do. You know, leave me alone. Go and make that. <laughs> don't don't bring me into that. You, I got my own struggles. So, mm. you know, it, I don't drag me in that. I don't want to, you know, be dragged in that. Oh wow! But I, yes, I think I can certainly, absolutely deliver anybody from anything. Um, I, you know, I'm a witness. He's delivered me. Um, but if if that's a man's struggle, then you know he he needs to figure that out before he brings a woman into it or a man into it or anybody in it. You know, he he's, he needs to figure that out on his own. So that's 
that's what I have to say about it. Wow, and, 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 that, and, and that is so good. Queen, okay, go ahead, and I want to add one more thing. It made me think of something else. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jessica. Yeah, because when, when she talked about, you know, letting letting the woman choose, it it immediately made me think about when I was single and married men would always hit on me. And there was one that did not even have a ring on. And I didn't know until his wife called me. And, I mean, thank goodness we only went out on dates. But, I mean, he went out with me in the open. And I'm just like, wow. So even for single women, not just down low guys, they got to think about guys who are married, who are pretending that they are single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so. If you want to call in, we just want to give the number. If you want to call in, the number is 714-583-6852, and press 1 if you have a comment or a question. Uh, Queena, what do you think? Well, you know, I am just sitting over here, and I am bubbling over because I'm <laughs> always playing the advocate um, for the other side. Um, so I will say that we're talking about the down low men and being afraid to date. But what about, and this is what I'm seeing more of than anything, what about the down low women who are oh. having husbands and having children who are literally walking away from their homes and their children to be in these relationships with women or, you know, who are saying, oh, that's my best girlfriend and then you find out that they've had relationships with these women for years. So it's it's dangerous because, like, you know, just hanging out with the boys, just hanging out with the girls nowadays is not just hanging out with the girls. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to just be so gender specific to right. where we forget that right now, you know, yes, that, that, you know, I think it was a big thing, you know, with the, when the movies came out and they were talking about, you know, the download brothers and things like that. But I, I, I do believe that there is something in you, in the inside of you, you're Noah. If you have any kind of discernment, you don't have to be safe. There are some things that you just know. And on the inside of you, because I've dated men and, and, and in, in the process of dating, because I'm going to be married five years. So I've dated, you know, every race, every, you know, every different kind of man. Um, and in the process um, of dating a man, I, and I had a young man, and I was like, he was asking me out, and he was, you know, he was very um, affectionate and very forward and very, you know, aggressive. And I was like, something is not right here. You know, there was just something not right here. And he had this so-called best friend that was just always around, you know, always calling him. Or something. And I was like, that brother right there, now you might not have the tendency or the trait, but this brother over here, he got something going on with him. And mm-hmm. I picked up on it, you know, because he was always wanting to be around him. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I questioned it, you know what I'm saying? And I questioned it. But think about, we have to also think about how easy is it and how easy accepted is it for, you know, three girls to go out to dinner or you and your best friend and y'all are just kind of laying in the bed and hanging out and husbands, you know, know, they're not offended or, or anything like that. It's so easy for it to go the other way as well. So, again, that's just me playing the advocate that I always am. Um, And someone said that about, um, you know, just being on the down low in general, that it's selfish and it's inconsiderate. I do believe that, Ms. Brown, that Mm -hmm. is so true. 
it is very selfish because, like Marcia said, give me the choice to say, okay, I want to deal with you or, okay, I don't want to deal with you. Um, you know, we just have to walk around with our eyes wide open instead of our eyes wide shut. I just don't believe that you can walk around. And I know, I know it happens. Don't don't get me wrong. But there is something inside of you sometimes that lets you know that something's wrong. And we've learned and, and taught ourselves to turn a deaf ear or turn the other cheek or second guess ourselves. We have to walk in uh, our authority and our discernment when it comes to things like that. So that's just my yeah. thing. Yes. Well, we have a, we have a caller, um, so we're going to go ahead yeah. and take this. All right. The last four, um, I think I know who it is, but the last four is 5701. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. This is Delayda Elliott. How are my sisters tonight? I knew it. Hey. <laughs> hey, 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 Oh, this is good. This is juicy. <laughs> okay, now we want to hear what Dr. Elena has to say. Well, first of all, I, I just want to say thank you um, just for the topics tonight and, and, and the um, just the boldness, you know, to be able to, to touch on subjects that are uh, – taboo, um, especially in the Christian circles, um, but I will say this, that sin is selfish. Sin is selfish, mm-hmm. and and sinners, whether you are Christians and sinning, or whether you are an unbeliever and sinning, sin makes you it selfish. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what we I have to, um, first of all, I, I think something that I have um, just started doing and um, <laughs> even as a teacher of the gospel, you know, just the tolerance. We're, we're, we're so in a climate of, of, of tolerance that we sometimes just negate the word of God. We, we, don't, we don't talk about the word of God. We don't stand boldly in the word of God because we're, we're sounding like we're um, um, either full of hate or, or full of um, malice or we're racist or, or whatever. But um, I just want us to... Just get back to the word. Hate what God yes. hates and love what he loves and stand on it and resist the devil and he will flee. You know, come back to the word of God and know that there's power in the word of God. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about yes. our, our, our you know, temple. You know, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the word of God, mm. sovereignty, knowing what the scripture Better. says about all these different areas and addressing it, mm. just like he said yes. All Amen. right, woman of God, that's our Bible, one of our Bible scholars, and, I, <laughs> and he came, Amen. came in, and, 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 you, and you're right, because nowadays we have to, we try, we try to be so politically correct uh, yes. that we do, we forget that the word is the word, it can't be changed, can't be altered, it is what it is. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Delaney, I thank you so much. For that, I'm going to go ahead and and we want you to hang in here with us because you can go on and chime in to uh, mm-hmm. um, Elder Marcia. What what else you got? We're going to talk about. Okay, so let's lighten it up a bit. Um, President Obama <laughs> and his beautiful wife, First Lady Michelle Obama, are traveling. They're actually on a South Pacific island that was formerly owned by Marlon Brando. Uh, and he is working on 
his memoirs of being, of course, uh, president, being in the White House. Um, he secured, according to the Huffington Post article today, a $60 million book deal to write his memoirs. So God bless him. <laughs> I just would like to know from each each one of us tonight, and those of you who are on uh, social media, what would you like to see uh, President Obama include in this book? We can start with Queen. Well, I'll, I'll I'll be the first to say that I am elated and proud and excited to see what will be in the memoirs. Um, but I love um, the president. But I would love for him to talk about because I'm a big foodie. I would love for him to talk about like his initial. Um, going into the White House experience and, you know, the culture of the White House and how, you know, things have to change. And, you know, you, you're talking about your your food changes and, you know, just different things that, you know, he had to go in and, and kind of twerk and, and something, maybe some odd things or funny things that may have been happening um, in the White House. And, of course, I want to hear from Michelle because I, I want to hear, you know, about, like, the things that, you know, that they have their interactions and the things that were were fun to them. Because for some reason when I think about them, I just think about fun and happy and, you know, just some quirky things that I feel like that they would have some really good funny stories um, that would just be really, really awesome to just hear. So I think that would be great. Awesome. What about Dr. Jessica? Yeah, so I would love to. I want to hear like some things that he probably what that he probably would not have said as president. I would like for him to like really just keep it real in that book. I know you've got to you know, be politically correct, but I would like for him to say like how he was feeling at certain points. Like, okay, Congress was fighting me and. Just like, how did you feel about that? Because he's always been so calm and cool, and he's always yeah. taken the high road. But I would, I would just like to hear what he was really feeling at certain points. Like, how did you feel when you won the first time? How did you feel the second time going in? And how did you feel with all of these uh, these killings that happen of black men while you are an African American yeah. president? So I would hope that he would include a lot of the 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 I guess the cultural wars that took place there's not really a, another way to put it because there was so much happening between police officers and and young black men and so I think I would love to see him even talk about that as well just being a a black man outside of being the president awesome mm-hmm. uh well you know I want to hear all of the above but for me I want to hear uh, Michelle Obama talk about how she held in her sister girl because I know <laughs> there was many times she wanted to go sister girl on plenty of people. I want yes. to hear about yes. those. You know where she just wanted to take the earrings out and grease the palms <laughs> and get right in it. I'm, I'm being. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. I want the juice because you know we, we as women. You know, you you start messing with my man, you got a problem. You got a real problem. Yes. And she yes. she really she, I think she maintained very well considering. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Dr. Delana, what you what you want to hear? 
So don't make me take off my, 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 my earrings and take off my shoes and take it to the parking lot. Okay, no. <laughs> now, I, I would you love for him to expound. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, I was just laughing at you. Oh, now, I, I would love, I'm still country. I'm from Fayetteville. But um, um, I would love for him to expound on time and timing because I know one of one of the um one of his mentors, you know, told him that sometimes you choose the time and then sometimes time chooses you. And um I would I know that he dealt some in some of that in in the audacity of hope. But just just to especially like like the young lady was saying as a black man, you know, how did he know that it was his time? Because it wasn't supposed to happen in our lifetime. So how did mm-hmm. he know? How did he? How did he? What was going on in his gut that said you can do this? No experience, nothing. I mean, as a black man, how did he know that it was his time? And then, and then mm-hmm. the steps that it took, you know, to walk him through that in his mind and and preparing his family and and um, mm-hmm. I was I, he's probably going to deal with that, but I would I would love to just dive into that. I hope that he really does. Mhm. And Marcia, what what would you want to see? Uh, well, I, I love everything that was said. <laughs> um, I, I agree because even sometimes, you know, as Christian women, you know, there there may be things that happen. You know, uh, Queen may be in your shop, Doctor Jessica maybe with the, the people that you're working with, and um, Jackie maybe with some of the reactions to. Uh, you know, the pages and the success that BWE is having. And, and maybe there are times, and I know for myself, when, you know, you sometimes you kind of want to forget for just a minute that, wait a minute, I'm a Christian, so I can't, but you know you could, you know, and, and all of us have a little bit of that sister girl in us. And just thank God for the blood of Jesus that, you know, it just keeps it just kind of under control and under the blood, and, you know, we don't go off on people as much as we used to. Um, but yes, I, I absolutely would like to see uh, and to read about um, First Lady Michelle and how she uh, kind of, you know, just kept their cool. And, and didn't they just have such confidence? I mean, they were just confident yeah. when they came into the White House and, and when they came into their administration. There just was such a, a coolness and a, a calmness and just that quiet swagger that President Obama has. But people, even comedians, would often joke about him and say, well, you know, don't get it twisted now. Barack is from the south side of Chicago. So, but, you know, they, they really did maintain their composure and their dignity, and they just kept their cool the whole time. But for him to open up and to be real and to say, you know, yeah, it got on my nerves. Yeah, I wanted to go off on, you know, Senator so-and-so. Um, you know, but in his role as a president, he always maintained that calmness and and just that that confidence that he has. Um, So I would like to see him open up a bit, too, and just be a little real about what he was thinking. And then how, you know, he he really didn't get much support um, the last couple of years from, you know, his his fellow congressmen and the senators. And just to, to hear him open up about that as a black man leading this country, you know, what that was like. But he, he has so much confidence to, to do that job. And, you know, even if you didn't like him, you like him. You know, the confidence, they say, is attractive, is sexy. So, uh, you know, he, he was always very confident, even when he started. But I would, yes, like to see him open up as well. Well, I'm going to tell you so, what, when when 
when that um when that man threw that shoe at him, um I, I would have oh, I would have been really praying. Jesus would have had to been right there. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a problem for me. I'm serious. I I yeah. keep it real. That uh, on national television, that was just like one of the most disrespectful things I have ever seen in my lifetime. So uh yeah, I I, I like here's how how they how they kept their composure through a lot of this stuff. And then uh, Jeremiah Wright, that whole thing that they looped and looped and looped. Mm-hmm. I mean, people forgot about that. But look, um, the president, I call him number 45, okay, because I don't even want to say the name. Number 45 has done so much worse, and he is getting a, mm-hmm. a, a pass everything. And, mm-hmm. and they they. Tend- that Jeremiah write to him like, oh my God, mm-hmm. they tried to do that, which it didn't because it wasn't in God's plan. But that was that was horrible. Mhm, mhm. Okay, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm off of my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> well, well, speaking of number forty-five, um, we we can touch on one other thing. Now, as all of us know. Uh, the Republicans' um, attempt and Donald Trump's attempt to uh, repeal the Affordable Care Act, affectionately known also as Obamacare, was unsuccessful. But just today, uh, according to, uh, and this is in the Washington Post today and on CNN, there is this uh, resurgence among Republicans to try again to repeal the Affordable Care Act for Americans. They suffered that defeat um, and it was somewhat embarrassing for Trump and his administration. Um, but according to several reputable news uh, outlets today, the Washington Post, one of them, um, they are going to try again to repeal this uh, Affordable Care Act. So what I would, would like to pose as a question to, to all of us is uh, they have been defeated. It did not go through on the first time around, and they are now trying again to see that this is just done away with. What do you think should be the Republicans' reaction now? Should, do, do, do we agree with the Republicans saying we want to, you know, repeal it? We still want to bring this up and do it again. What do you uh, feel about that? Queen, we'll start with you. Okay, well, I'll speak from the. Go ahead. No, I was just laughing. Oh, I'll speak from this point of view when it comes to um, that right there. I am a recipient of um, the current policy, um, and, you know, and I I don't care who knows it, um, and I appreciate it. I'm a hairstylist. I've been doing hair for about 18 years. Um, and until Obamacare, I had not had health insurance of any kind. Um, I recently had, you know, been diagnosed um, with MS, which is multiple sclerosis, and now I am in a person in, in, a, in a loophole where, uh, you know, where it's a pre, pre-diagnosed um, uh, disease or, or what have you. Um, so with that and the fight for insurance and uh, health care in general, I'm just, I'm concerned. Um, and um, just a, 
uh, again, with them continuing to fight for this, my thing is, okay, if you're going to take that away, what are you going to do um, about, you know, um, health care? Um, how, how is it going to work, you know? And, and those are the things that disturb me because they're not telling us the whole story, nothing but the story, so help their, you know, so help them God. You know, there are some things that they're putting in there that we're not aware of. So I am, um, with you know, with, with the best of my ability, doing a lot of research when it comes to um, finding out exactly what it is that they want to do. If you want to repeal it, if you want to take it away, what do you really, really want to do um, to to help people because it's needed. Um, so if we do take it away, what are we going to have? What am I going to have? This is a very personal subject for me. Um, again, uh, I'm just you know I'm, I'm concerned with what are, what are they going to do because they're not telling us answers. They're you know writing all these papers and doing all these bills, but we're not mm-hmm. getting true answers, and that's my issue with the whole thing. Right. Okay, Dr. Jessica. Yeah, so, so I, I mean, for me, I've, I've had health care for years, and even with having health care, you still come out of your pocket with a lot of money as far as deductibles. And, you know, now you're able to even cover your kids when they're in college. There are so many things that I think were enforced that if it's if it's repealed, you know, um, people are going to lose, I believe. And, I mean, that's just me, and I'm not in any way an expert in this area, but I do believe that people will lose. And in my opinion, um, I believe that a lot of what's being repealed is just basically to say everything that President Obama put in place, I am going to take it away. I don't know that it's that you know, they want to improve it. I think it's like, you did this, I'm taking away, and you did that, and I'm taking it away. And that's that's what I feel as it relates it to It wouldn't this. be named that if it was Trump care. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem if it was Trump care. Yeah. Well, well, you know, the, the reality is this. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter if they try to repeal it again. But when you look at the numbers, only 17% of the country approved it. All those right. protests that you saw were against repealing it. So if they still go back and repeal it, the people are going to continue to be outraged, and they're going to continue to protest. And so as I see it, what's going to happen is the Republicans are going to lose. They're going to lose big time if they repeal that because – the the people have, have, have made their voices heard. They do not want it repealed. They want them to fix the broken areas. It's been said over and over again. But this is, is this is how um forty five he doesn't take defeat well. So and then, then, then to have people uh, seemingly the the Democrats um mocking him and laughing about it, that that's really hurting mm-hmm. him. So, so it, it's really not about the people it, 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 in their minds. It's not about the people. It's about the fact that he lost. And right. so, yeah, I don't think that they're going to let it go. But I didn't hear that um, today, but I'm sure that they're going to try to do something else. Um, and, and uh, Dr. Delana, what do you have? Are she there, Dr. Delana? We might have lost her. 
I don't, I don't hear her saying might have be she might have put herself on me, but we can't hear you if you're talking uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead uh Marcia. okay so so that that's where it is today um and if if you haven't heard it, I'm sure it's on breaking news for you know the major news outlets, and you know again, it was in Washington post today, but we'll we'll see what happens um they have admitted that it would take weeks you know, in order to to get anything moving, if they can get anything moving, and that there are other pressing things on their agenda. Um, But it is their intention, as of today's news stories, to try and repeal it again. And, Queena, I'm just touched by your um, testimony and what you spoke about um, this evening, and I think it's just so crucial for politicians who get out of touch um, with the people and where it becomes, you know, like, oh, wait, I've got to win, and it's just a matter of, of men's egos and somebody having to win, you know, this uh, imaginary contest or feud that's going on between them so that he can say, uh, you know, I'm the winner, I won, um, without any kind of regard for, wait a minute, there are millions of people who are being affected by the decisions that they're making in Washington, D.C., and it doesn't just come down to, you know, these men in this fight and in this feud for somebody to be right and somebody to win, Um, but it it, it impacts all of us, so many people, Um, Queen, as you testified tonight. So uh, we will see what happens, but we're certainly praying that and believing that God will will certainly allow for all of his his precious children to be taken care of. so we'll we'll just have to wait and, and see what happens. But, but you know, we believe God for you and for everyone who's in need, yes. as we all are, of of this uh, this health insurance. Um, yes, I am healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I am healed. Amen. Yes. And we agree. Amen. Um, Queena or Jackie, do you have any other comments to add before we move on? We have about ten minutes left. Well, I have something I would like to add. Miss um, Danielle Cole did not come come um, come in um, and call in, which I wish she had of, because uh, she has actually a topic. Miss Danielle, if you will call the name, call that uh, number, and you have a great topic there. She's talking about um, uh, uh, how about the missing girls in D.C. Um, I don't yeah. know a lot about that, but that's a, a topic that a lot of people have been talking about um, as well. Um, so I would just let Miss Jackie speak on that. But I, I think that, you know, you, you ladies should call in because you guys have great topics and great things to say. So that's all I wanted to say. Okay, so, oh, I see her comment, Danielle Cole. Yes, hopefully mm-hmm. she'll, mm-hmm. she'll call in and she can share her her comments about the Missy Girls. Uh, uh, Jackie or Dr. Jessica, are you familiar with, with, with what's going on there? Oh, I'm pulling it up right now. We want yes, to give I, you the number, 714-583-6852. We only have about eight minutes. So if you're going to call in, um, please call in quickly. Uh, go ahead, um, Dr. Jessica. Yeah, so I think there were, like, conflicting reports because I know they were saying that the number that we were sharing on social media was not true. Um, right. So we would probably need to dig a little deeper, um, yeah. although there were definitely um, some some missing teens. Okay, I do have it here. According to the Washington Police, 
um, well, there were several girls who had gone missing, who had gone missing in Washington in a 24-hour period. Um, there were celebrities who reacted, like Taraji Henderson, LL Cool J, and Viola Davis, to kind of sound the alarm. And the posts were shared. It did go viral. Um, there have since been updates that have been shared, but I agree, Dr. Jessica, we we do need to dig deeper. But what we can discuss about it is that. Uh, most of the people who shared this account uh, said that there needed to be more public outcry for the missing African-American girls and missing uh, Latino girls, that there wasn't enough of an outcry in response to those stories. Um, so we uh, certainly want to pray with the families and all who are in Washington, D.C., for the safe return of these young girls. There also was one speculative report that said they thought that the girls had ran away from home but were later reunited with their families. Um, so I, I really don't have all the facts to uh, to share, to give, you know, an informative um, a remark about it tonight. But if, if any of you would like to share, uh, Jess, Dr. Jessica or Quina or Jackie or Danielle, if you call in, we'd love to hear from you. You can share your remarks now live. Yeah, but I think just in general, uh, we can, just based on what we've seen with the media, they are definitely selective about the stories they share because a lot of times, I mean, I think social media has really helped us to be more aware of some of the things that are going on. You know, Facebook Live videos, there are a lot of things that have been going on, but it's like we're just finding out now because of social media. But a lot of things the the media won't really pick up but when once it's posted on social media that's when it goes viral and we get to actually advocate for for minorities yes right i do agree with that um and there are some local girls that are right here in greensboro north carolina that that have been missing um, and been reported missing, and um, unfortunately, um, and, and I believe that because it was in such a small time period, but people go missing every day, um, and I just don't think that um, that the, I'm not going to say just the police, but I just don't think that the effort, and it's as obvious and as open as it should be, because as much social media, again, as you said, we have, and it's and it's um, wonderful news, you know, broadcastings and things like this, I just feel like it should be so much more focused on or so much more obvious of who's missing and, you know, and, you know, with the Amber, Amber Alerts and things like that. And we should just, it should be more focused on that because it's just happening too often. And then it's so far and spread abroad you know, um, in, as far as, you know, timing and things like that, that is just not being, you know, enforced or focused on to me. And that that's just what I see. You know, if you've been missing for a month, you know, eventually they stop sharing your picture. They stop, you know, right. doing you know, as much as they've been doing. Just like the movie that um, um, came out not too long ago about the, the young girl that was stolen out of the hospital. You know, um, she was she was a baby, but there was so much more 
that could have been done even at that time, it's like it's still happening today that even now we just don't focus on, you know, it takes us 24 hours before we can report somebody missing. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. You know, I think that there is there should be some a better standard, a better plan, you know, to capture, um, you know, just the to harness the the people who are missing. So to just to do more, um, I think we should just be able to do more, and that's just my opinion. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things is, and we only have about three minutes. Is uh, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, and and this is what, mm-hmm. what they have it now. Is, it's human trafficking. And human trafficking yes. exists. I deal with the police a lot. So I know a lot more about it than I care to know, really. But what happens in a lot of cases is these, these kids have fights with their parents and they run away. Now they're in survival mode. And mm-hmm. so now they're at high risk for human trafficking because that's, that those those kids that are out on the street, those young girls, who want to, you know, be rebe- not all the time, but sometimes be rebellious, and sometimes it's just a survival thing. So they turn to what they used to call the pimps. They are pimps, the ones that are are are, are taking these these young men and women yeah. and selling them for things. They're they, they're no more than old with the pimps, like Superfly and all that back in the day. Uh, that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they're calling it human trafficking. But it's prostitution. It's pretty much what it is. And and so a lot of lot of kids are falling into that. And then even even the the Latina, I found out so many so many are afraid of deportation. So the 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 their bosses and stuff uh, force them to do things they wouldn't ordinarily do. It's it's pretty it's huge. It really is. It's it's, it's a lot bigger than than what most people know about. But human trafficking is, is, is gotten way out of control, especially with our within our immigrant population nowadays. So maybe we need to do a show about that. We only have about um, two minutes, so I think we should uh, start wrapping it up. Okay. okay. I just want to share one statistic I did get quickly from Time uh, magazine online. Um, in 2016, it reports that 38% of the more than 400,000 juveniles recorded as missing by the Federal Bureau of Investigations were black. Um, but I think, you know, one child missing is too many. If if we don't have the right numbers tonight, it is too many. And, and what heartache that must be for the parents who are enduring that. So um, as we close, I just want to just lift up a prayer for all the parents and all of the young girls around the country um, in the name of Jesus that, that the Lord would just touch and heal and reunite yes. them, um, reunite yes. those families. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, we yes. thank everybody. For, and anyone that shared, thank Dr. Delana. I think she might might have to step away, but we thank everybody. Come on, um, Dr. Jessica, Queena, Mark. Till next week, uh, we say God bless you. We love you. Meet us on the prayer God line five thirty. 5.30 a.m., ladies, will be on the prayer line. Uh, God bless you, and have a good night. God bless you. Good night, ladies. Good night. Good night.